The struggle of the peaceful settlers of a town destined for railroad greatnesses, legal feud over a robbery. Somebody write this. Hi, and welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And here to help us with our brainstorming today is Heidi Voss. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, we are super excited to have you here. You were actually one of the folks we that we, Jenny, connected with at the Life, the Universe, and Everything uh, con- writing symposium conference that you went to a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're super excited to have you join us. Um, when we were talking uh, before the show about what you might want to kind of delve into in this intro uh, interview portion, uh, you mentioned that you are really, really passionate about writing critique groups. And I think that's something that uh, maybe some people, not as many writers, uh, especially new writers, get involved in as maybe makes sense. So I'd love to hear, let's let's have you kind of start us off. What is, uh, what's your experience with critique groups? What do you love about them? Kind of get us, uh, give us like the, the beginning version of this, and then we'll kind of delve. Of course. Yes. Um, so when uh, I've been writing since I was pretty young and I was very much in the mode of I am going to sort of be in my room or my basement, whatever, writing, and I'm going to have some kind of opus or masterpiece and then I will emerge with it and I will share it <laughs> with the world. And yes. I feel like a lot of people have this kind of view of writing of that you sort of work on it very hard by yourself in isolation and that you just are able to create something really incredible by yourself. And while, you know, the brunt of the work is done by you, my writing really didn't improve until I started engaging with groups that could give me feedback. And I was in, I grew up in Ohio. And so finding the right feedback group there was difficult um, and turned me off to the idea. But when I uh, went to college and met more people my age or people that were more interested in my genres of writing, I was able to connect with the right people to give me the right comments I needed to grow. So instead of getting comments like, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, you don't understand the genre. It's people saying, I do understand the genre. I do like these components of it. I don't think that this portion makes sense, or I don't understand this person's motivation. And then you have the tools you need. So um, I'm actually the president of the Salt City Scribes chapter of the League of Utah Writers. Um, I found this group, the Salt City Scribes, after college when I was like, okay, I've got my degree now and my writing is better and I want to get, you know, buckled down and really get myself an agent kind of thing. And I submitted to this group just because it was near where I work. And um, the there was one person in particular who gave me this feedback. I, I was kind of used to going to groups and them saying, oh, this feels really polished and I don't have a lot of comments on this. And I'm like, well, yes, of course, because I am very smart. I'm very good at writing. Um, <laughs> but then this one person had given me these comments of, you know, this is very, you're, you're telling the, the reader how to feel about what you've written. And here's mm. where the places where you've done that. Here's some resources to fix that. And I was so upset about this feedback. <laughs> I was like, you're wrong. I can't believe you would say this. And, and I didn't respond in person, obviously, like that, because it's not very polite. Um, But I kind of sat on it. And this is what I've learned to do with comments I don't like. I sit on them for, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. a few days a week, you come back to them, you're not as emotional about them, and you can read them more clear minded. And I was mad again, because I was like, she's right. 
she's a hundred percent right. <laughs> and so I, uh, she was kind enough to point me toward a book called self editing for fiction writers, which I recommend mm. recommend to everyone. Now it's I literally have that book helpful. on my shelf right here. It's the best book. <laughs> like I'm holding it right now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> so, um, now when people say, how do I get better at writing? I'm like, you can go to workshops till you're blue in the face. You can read all the books in the world, but until you have written something on paper and shown it to someone else who can tell you, you know, this is what's working and what's not, it's really hard to progress. Yeah. Nice. So the, the critique group that you're working with right now, what, what kind of, what format does that take? Is this something where people gather and, and read stuff all as a group? Is it more like a, of a, of a, somebody has something to read and they share it and people pick it up virtually. Like, I'd love to know what, what have you found to be successful formats for running this, this critique group? Yeah. Yeah. So what we do uh, in our group is we'll have a submission period and it's two weeks before the meeting. So we'll say, Hey, for this week, submit a selection of up to like 3000 words. And the, the group members will um, email in their submissions. And then the next week we send those submissions out and say, here are the submissions for the month. And then everybody has a week to read them. And then by mm. the time we come to the group, we've already read them and we're ready to critique. I really so like that, like, not- a, like, a, like a book club kind of situation where we're all going to be reading this this time and let's discuss it together. Yeah. And then that way we're not, you know, most of the folks in this particular group, it's downtown. And so we're catching kind of the commuters on their way out. And yeah. mm-hmm. we all have day jobs. We don't have time to be, oh, I'm going to come to this meeting and I'm going to spend half of it reading something like we, yeah. we want to be right, ready to go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. Being <laughs> respectful of the time that you have and making that like the most meaningful it is. Okay, awesome. Well, I think uh, I think with that, we're going to head on into our brainstorming and uh, critique wherever we go with this. <laughs> get, our, <laughs> get our initial thought out. <laughs> so as a reminder, our synopsis is... It was so hard for me to read, so hard for me to parse. The struggle of the peaceful settlers of a town destined for railroad greatnesses, legal feud over a robbery. Um, and I think... Okay. <laughs> I, I can handle settlers of a town destined for railroad greatness. That's American history. <laughs> right? Right. Okay. But, but a, a legal feud over a robbery... Surely that's just prosecution of a robbery. <laughs> like, but, but like, like what? Like it's a feud. Like who's feuding over a robbery? And like a feud implies length of time. So um, there's, there's these. I've been reading about these funny instances where you know somebody's committed a crime, but because of some like weird legal thing, you can't actually prosecute for them, prosecute them for it, or you know because something wasn't done, we couldn't catch them. Um, so, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And this robbery has got to be connected to the railroad greatness. Otherwise, why do we care? So, right. Exactly. <laughs> my idea is that um, this this town they've been working on railroads for such a long time, and there's somebody who in the town who's actually against the railroads. They're saying, "Hey, we mm-hmm. are actually doing a lot of damage in this process, and I'm really upset because you keep storing your railroad spikes in my yard." And because the railroad <laughs> spikes, <laughs> because the spikes have been stored on his property for so long, he actually can legally claim them in his property, and they cannot proceed with building the railroad. Oh, uh huh. And something like so somebody's like, going to get their stuff back, but at this point, technically, it is it is robbery. It is trespassing, right. and robbery, and taking that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're like, well, these are my railroad spikes, but they're like, legally, this is my property because you are not respectful of me saying you can't store it on my land. So, yeah, you know, is Manifest Destiny going to win? Is this one curmudgeonly <laughs> old person going to stop the progress of the railroad? Because there's a shortage of railroad spikes. That's why this is important. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of thing. Oh well, gosh. there's, it's interesting to me that they're also, it's, the it's the peaceful settlers so like there has to be this this uh feud over the railroad the there there being a legal feud feels at odds with that so this has to be maybe like a, an aberration something unusual something weird or something that's only happening in a tiny tiny pocket and the peaceful settlers are responding to it or like you're stirring up our town <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, going to be busy when the railroad comes through anyway, but... <laughs> can, can we have our railroad ba- spikes back, please? please? Pretty please? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would say, I think most settlers would see themselves as peaceful, but in what situation have settlers ever actually been peaceful compared to, you know, usually there's <laughs> right. a group of people right. living there. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the legal feud is like their their peaceful way about of going about it, as opposed to like you know wild west vigilante justice kind of stuff. Uh, as opposed to just stringing the guy up and taking their spikes back. Yeah, so maybe part of this, you know, uh, that they're they're like setting themselves up to be one of the you know the big one of the big towns that the railroad's going to come through. We're part of the the quote unquote civilization in the east now, and (laughs) they're like we will follow the legal proceedings, (laughs) and so maybe that's. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that would be very funny to set up these big personalities and to set up these characters that you would expect to have like a violent conflict and then to end up having like a very law and order type episode about <laughs> how they resolve yes. the conflict. Oh, now I want to see a Wild West law and order episode. That would rock. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they're some of it could be they're kind of like ha- partly figuring it out <laughs> because maybe that, you know, they've, they've, uh, you know, depending on how remote this is, maybe part of the issue is that they are remote enough that, that when the, that they will be the only like city stop in like, miles and miles and miles and miles and so there are they have trouble getting like a lawyer out <laughs> because nobody mm-hmm. lives there yet <laughs> and, right um or they or one of the people on one of the sides is defending themselves but like they haven't had to go through the legal process for anything yet and so we have like a my cousin Vinny situation where like <laughs> they don't fully know the procedures <laughs> and are and they're kind of and and we have this sort of battle of like them trying to trying to present themselves as the law-abiding citizens while also being in a situation where it's it's not quite working for them somehow i don't know there's there's something interesting about that contrast yes they they want to set themselves up in con in contrast to like the wild west neighboring cities they don't want to have things come to guns they're they're really trying to be the civilized town but then you know yeah there's no lawyers around there's not a lot of civilization set up it's very tempting to just want to like let's take this into our own hands but we've got to We've got to be civilized. Yeah. Like, like, like there's no lawyers around, but I wonder if somebody has like a law book mm-hmm. or like, you know, sends away for one and they're like, well, this here book says, and so they're trying to, oh, that totally, we don't have to keep this in the episode, but that totally reminded me of a idea that's been rattling around in my brain where like post-apocalyptic civilization and the only books that survived were Shel Silverstein. <laughs> and so those are like the holy books of law yeah yeah <laughs> like how that so, would be interpreted so there's something very interesting and funny for me about like maybe 
Maybe they do. They say we're going to settle this legally, but uh, we're going to bring out, you know, a, a judge from the East who's going to settle this in the way that this town is going to settle things from here on out. But oh, something yeah. delays the judge. And so they have to kind of muddle through it with some some law book that somebody has. And they choose the, the you know, they choose a couple of people in the town to kind of advocate. Ooh. And they end up like there's something that's both that both could be very funny watching them like not, you know, a, a, a kind of come up with their their house rules for how to do oh. things that maybe they don't have the the, the full um like like figuring out the bureaucracy without the the past of the bureaucracy and coming up I, with something that totally works for them but is completely they find out ultimately at odds with what they technically should have done okay okay but what if what if they send away for this lawyer and he has a long-standing feud with somebody in the town Ooh. Maybe maybe who's ever mm-hmm. in charge of the railroad stuff. And so he comes in as the lawyer promising to help, you know, uh assure the peace. No, what's mm-hmm. what's the phrase? Keep the peace, restore Keep, the peace. To to restore the peace, thank you. Um <laughs> waking waking up brain. Uh <laughs> comes in, you know, to restore the peace, and everybody trusts him because he's a lawyer. But he's actually like mixing things up behind the scenes. <gasps> no, he's a con man <laughs> pretending to be yeah. a lawyer. Oh, I think yes. that would be so funny is if he was like, I just came out here to get paid. I was not expecting anything. I was just going to, you know, pose and look like. But then this ends up being a really complicated case. And he gets really invested because he's like, no, this guy is right. The law says yeah. he should keep these railroad spikes. Oh, so the lawyer can either be the villain or the hero, depending oh, yeah. on how we want to write this. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I really love this. Somebody who like has zero experiences this, but either is either mistaken as oh, the yeah, lawyer like, or mm-hmm. or has the lawyer position put on him as the as, for, by the town, and he kind of has to muddle his way through it's this. Like he's Danny, getting something else out of it, or that is, Danny K movie, or, the or Inspector maybe, maybe General. He's hiding out. Seen that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I was thinking oh, yeah, court jester, where he good. goes and pretends to be the. <laughs> it's it's very much Inspector General. It's very Inspector General. <laughs> um basically Danny Kay yes. is our lead now. Uh, but but yeah, like that that would be something there's something so funny about that because you could he could get away with that in a place where like they, you know, if he's if he's presenting himself either intentionally or unintentionally as the big city lawyer who knows mm-hmm. the latest goings on in the legal world, and then he's just kind of making <laughs> things up and doing what he thinks is seems fair. And then the real oh. lawyer shows up down the line and they're like, what? You know, it's what actually really here? normal to have uh, an elaborate meal in the courtroom. And I'd really like you all to prepare this elaborate meal for me while I'm studying. Like that kind of thing. He's just making up stuff mm-hmm. and trying to get by. <laughs> yeah. Like making up oh, stuff gosh. that's interesting for him. <laughs> I like it. Oh, uh, I'm going to pause this real quickly and get a title because I think we have a really fun <laughs> yes. starting um <laughs> plot and uh oh no oh no <laughs> okay sorry it's just it's just i don't know i don't know what to do with it. our title folks is <laughs> with an exclamation point at the end oh, we can't use jesus that. <laughs> okay yeah maybe, maybe. oh jesus <laughs> maybe it's jesus um like depending on it's where like, in the west they are just everybody's running uh, at any point during the story is jesus <laughs> Right, how like, did we get I, here uh, what's going on i don't know if this adds like a i don't know well, like the guy gets there and and, well, and like, he like presents his card and they're like your name is jesus it's jesus <laughs> you know? 
Well, like I'm wondering if there's like a, a a religious component to this now. Like maybe they, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the one of the people on the other, the, maybe the person on the other end advocating for the other side, lawyering for the other side is uh, is religious, is is a is a, a preacher of some sort. I don't know. Like I'm wondering if there's like a, a, a religious well, battle going well, on now here. Well, it's the justice here, of like, the peace trying to make these decisions, and then the lawyer comes in and starts messing things up. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that, um, that that went down like a lead balloon. So yeah, but you can see why. I mean, so did, as did the title. So you can see why I saw that and went, "Oh no!" Um, and generate so, and a new title. It is a little. It's not very descriptive of like, anything that's happening. It could really be the title of anything. Um, I mean, our our regenerated one isn't any better. It's militant dress shop leases. Okay. Um, so I, I will say at least the title Jesus slash Jesus, at least with the exclamation point at the end, it very much carry like conveys the the sort of Yes. It, it, I think it conveys the right tone it's of like, like Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like it, it, it Oh my gosh. It, it feels Is this like a musical. Um, oh <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, it, it conveys the right tone of like um not mockery, but like cheerful irreverence of of which kind of matches the tone of the cheerful irreverence about the legal system yes, that's going on in the story. I guess that's true. Um, so it, it does kind of it does definitely convey that this is a um, a slightly cheeky comedy, <laughs> um, or I think like it might be a musical. Well, and and so like there's part of me that wonders as well, like if this person coming to town, like I initially had said a con man, but maybe it is somebody who is like. Like a cult leader. Oh, I, I think I already who's, know what the who, opening who number is, is going to be. It's going to be the townspeople <laughs> oh, yes. and they're singing about the railroad and about how the railroad is going to, you know, change the future of the country and it's going to be so great for the town and, you know, sort of setting up the hopes and dreams uh-huh. of everybody in the set. And then there's going to be this one guy, like this, this like, and then there's like one angry person runs on and is like, how dare you? This is not what we're doing. You're ruining this country. <laughs> yes. So idea, idea. So what if the person who's really pushing, um, I guess, I, okay, wait, hold on. So whose side are we on? Are we on the side of the railroad? Or are we on the side of no railroad? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Whoever's on the opposing side that we are. Hopefully you can set it up. Whoever's against our, our, yeah. You want to set it up to where the audience is is so torn because they understand clearly both sides of it. Yes. And it is really difficult to to set up. Yeah, I started doing that and I was like, wait, I don't actually know who we're cheering for. (laughs) So, um, but our, so we have our, we have our, uh, maybe anti-hero, our protagonist who is uh, pretending to be a lawyer. Whoever's on the opposing side is a is a religious leader who is specifically who is who is not coming at this from good faith is very mm-hmm. much using the his religious power and the faith of the people to um to manipulate them into what is going to be profitable for him and so is very much selling this as like this is like uh, like this is god's plan for very much manifest destiny yes, maybe. <laughs> selling yes, this very mm-hmm. much as like this is god's plan for us jesus came to me and said we need to build this <laughs> or whatever it may be and the other person coming in um steps in not just because uh, you know just because it's fun to pretend to be a lawyer but partly because he <laughs> sees that that this is really take a lot of people who take their faith very seriously in this town are being completely manipulated by this person who is just doing what's best for him and is using what they believe in against them and so this person right, comes in partly, some kind of a, you know, a kickback from the that. railroad. 
Yeah. Like the, the real, yeah. The real and so this guy company. comes in and yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. So like this guy comes in and, uh, and, uh, and is partly fighting against that. And so, and maybe that means he has to come in with like, I don't know, like maybe he comes, maybe he comes in with a, with a, with a, a, a culty vibe of his own and is like no jesus told me this and then realizes <laughs> oh. and then is like oh wait maybe you shouldn't be manipulating people either way <laughs> but i think the way to set this up is is the audience at the beginning should be on the side of the railroad workers there you know we're we're familiar with this kind of setup of like this one person is trying to fight against progress and yeah. we mm-hmm. if they would just get out of the way we could all have what we want and then over time as you come to better understand this person's motivations for doing something that seems mm-hmm. very like small and petty um like actually the consequences oh. of what they're fighting for are huge yeah so i bet they i bet they know about the religious guys kickback yeah yeah not just about Maybe the their kickbacks, cousins but or like, something like we could set this up as like like the oil pipelines where it's like okay yes this is something that will help capitalism but it's going to destroy the landscape it's going to poison our water and even if the consequences are not you know facing us now over time it's going to and and maybe it's something like they want to build the railroad through like a beautiful natural habitat yeah. or something like that. And the the solution mm. is, you know, that might be more expensive to go around this lake or pond or, you know, beautiful natural tree. Mm-hmm. You know, trees are sometimes an easy, like a beautiful tree is is something that's kind of easy to set up in a story where it's like yeah, uh-huh. people can easily see how we can just cut down this one tree. We can make a straight line. But, you know, there's actually it's a beautiful thing that took a long time to grow and it's worth preserving. And yeah. yes, it will cost the railroad more money to go around, but ultimately we're going to preserve something that's very special. And there's something that's really interesting to me because I feel like, you know, setting it up as this religious angle, like, you know, <laughs> on a, on a personal level, I'll share that as, you know, as a person of, of, of considers myself a person of faith myself, like I get very upset seeing people use faith as a manipulation tool. And, um, even yes. if they on the surface say they believe the same things I do, I'm like, absolutely not. You are not allowed to do this. And so you could set up sort of this, um, this, like maybe the person on the other side is also, you know, is, is, was a member of this person's church and is very, and is partly upset of how how much they're they're using this thing that he very much deeply believes in as just a, as just a weapon just to bludgeon people into what uh what they think should be happening so it's kind of this this fight between um between the 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 progress and the capitalism and uh and using uh faith as a as a tool of power and i think there could be like some really interesting and 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 big thoughts in here a- among the silliness and among the, yeah, the have another idea it, yeah <laughs> do it do it another idea Google. for a musical yes. number okay so toward the yes. end of the first act so so we're setting this up we're we're not sympathizing with this this person you know male or female whoever mm-hmm. who is has stolen the railroad uh-huh. bikes and then um there's this very touching ballad that they have toward the end of the first act where they say wouldn't Jesus Ooh. want to save this <laughs> yeah, tree? Yeah. Wouldn't Jesus care about this tree? <laughs> yeah, like you absolutely could like, yes. time, like I think it could be really like cool. It. <laughs> It'd be really interesting. And then we've got the, the Jesus title and we're incorporating Jesus into the story. And then it's such a beautiful song that you are suddenly having this change of heart to where yeah. you're like, how could anyone ever Maybe. think of cutting down this yeah. tree? It's Jesus' yeah. tree. 
I I like this, which is good because we are right at time. So we have to wrap this up. Um, listeners, oh, I, I, I think there are so many different angles you could explore this with, uh, with, with this. Like you could absolutely do so many things with this. And, and I like this mix of tone and I like yes. the musical numbers. Somebody write a song for this and send this in, send us in some lyrics and we'll read them on the podcast. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Yeah, we'll sing it. We'll hey, if you send, send the notes send us to a, a backing track or a demo, and we'll absolutely play it. Um, yeah, so listeners, we're gonna we're gonna toss this out to you and uh, and ask you to share which which pieces of this are resonating with you and which you think are interesting. Um, and is does our title kind of work now? Can we make it work? Can it can it, can it be okay? Um, all right, with that, let's go on into our our final segment where we're going to recommend a story that we think our listeners should check out. Um, I'll uh, kick it off by saying I just recently reread um, one of the books in P.G. Woodhouse's uh, uh, Bertie and Jeeves uh, stories, which are absolutely delightful novels. But this one in particular, I read Carry On Jeeves, which is a series of short stories. And for any of you not familiar with the premise of these uh, of these novels, uh, there was an amazing uh, TV adaptation on uh, starring Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie uh, years ago. Um, but the the premise is that it's this sort of. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> irresponsible but very friendly and very uh always getting himself into trouble young wealthy man in england and uh his his valet who uh knows who's very intelligent and very uh very polite and is always getting him out of trouble um and so this series of short stories is especially lovely uh because the very <laughs> final story is told from jeeves's perspective from the butler's perspective uh the the valet's perspective and kind of see you can kind of see him pulling the strings behind the scenes which is really really fun so if, uh, if you haven't read any of these they're super delightful they're super fun yeah um, there are moments in them that are of their time of the of the 20s <laughs> um so definitely so there's stuff to you know it's an older story so you know you might run across mm -hmm. stuff that's a little uh, not great by today's standards but as a whole the stories are really funny and really smart and uh the writing is just really delightful and it's very much in this sort of like silly uh farcical vein um so carry on jeeves by pg woodhouse is my recommendation this week um i'm gonna toss it to jenny what would you like to recommend I'm going to recommend a movie uh, inspired by today's episode. Actually, uh, I'm going to recommend The Inspector General starring Danny Kaye. Uh, older movie, obviously, if you know who Danny Kaye is, he's a fantastic comedic actor and also a singer. And so this silly movie, uh, the Danny Kaye character ends up in this city, uh, initially gets arrested for some minor crime, but then uh, I believe it's a a paper he had on him that I think he had a sandwich wrapped in or something like that uh, apparently identifies him as the inspector general. And when the townspeople find out about this, they take him out of jail and they dress him up and they feed him and they sing songs to him. And, and he just plays along to keep out of trouble, but he doesn't even know what he's supposed to be doing. And so it's a, it's a comedy of errors. Um, that is just a really fun ride. And there's some, fun and ridiculous musical numbers involved and it's just really a good time so check it out the inspector general all right heidi you get to recommend something as well what's uh, a story of some form that you think our listeners should check out if they haven't well there's been some discussion on twitter about uh i think it would be categorized as a novella it's called this is how you mm. lose the time war it's like 200 pages and i haven't read this one yet my friend's been trying to get me to read it for a while but um 
as far as the the length, I've I've just been so intimidated by anytime somebody recommends something and then it's like a 500 or 600 page book. I'm like, I don't even want to get started. So um, that's next on my TBR. And then uh, my friend Corinne Laranaga just published a a novella called Mousetrap. And it's a little, it's just a very bite-sized scary read about a woman who inherits her, I think it's her parents' house. And there's this mousetrap board game in it that's haunted and you know kind of like a a ouija board but it's a very yeah i think they they use it as like a a ghost board with the little mousetrap cage not a ghost board a spirit board i want to read that send me a link yes (laughs) i like it yes i can't recommend corinne's work enough to go find this for sure yeah, we'll post that in the show notes and because uh, now Jenny and I both want to read that. So listeners, you should check it out as well. So, and yeah, before we leave Heidi, we want to make sure that you can plug anything of your own. So social media projects, wherever we can find your work, what would you like to share? Well, I want to encourage anybody who's interested in my work to go to my website, authorheidivoss.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you get a free short story so you can see it. Hey, Heidi talked about all this stuff about critique groups, but does she really even know what she's talking about? And you can find out for yourself whether you like my writing, whether you think, uh, you know, my what I've said matches up with what how I write. I've released my first novel, Frogman's Response, which is a young adult contemporary novel. Most of my work going forward will be more fantasy and speculative fiction. So if you're interested in my next piece of work, it's going to be a trilogy about witches in Salt Lake. It's going to be adult contemporary. Um, I have several short stories that have already been published. There's a a mermaid short story that's going to be published later this year with the League of Utah Writers. So all that information is available. I've got on my website, I've got Twitter, TikTok, all those links there if you'd like to find me. Awesome. And we'll make sure and share that so that folks can uh, look you up and find your stuff. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today. This was super fun. And I'm really, I I want the story. As always, I want this story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And it's been great getting to know you guys a little bit and brainstorming a story with you. Yeah. All right, folks, that is our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can join our Patreon for bonus material. Today, we especially want to thank our patron, Kate, for supporting us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash SomebodyWriteThis. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a musical number or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. We'll see you then. And as they say, a bear is an unsafe bedmate. Bye.